welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast for the week. I hope you're all really, really well. I have the final special guest interview for uh, 2020 for you today, uh, the fabulous, inspiring, motivating Natalie McNeil, and I'll tell you about her in just one moment. Before I do, I want to make sure uh, everybody who responded to my post in the Abundant Yoga Teacher Facebook group about podcasting, firstly, thank you. I'm so grateful for your Um, resounding vote of yes, please. Uh, I have now set up that training. If you would like to join me for that, it's happening next week. It's going to be a two and a half hour sort of Kickstarter workshop covering everything I think you need to really get going from the nuts and bolts stuff through to actually the purpose, the business purpose. In fact, we're going to start there. What's the business purpose of your podcast? Because I want to make sure that if you're going to do this, it's really working in your favor. Do you have guests? Don't you have guests? How do you set that up? How do you invite them? Oh, I need to add that. I'll put in a bonus. I'll give you my templates about finding guests. Um, anyway, I've made it all. It's ready to go. If you want to sign up, it's 129 Australian dollars. Um, yeah, and the link is amymcdonald.com.au forward slash podcast 2021. The link is in the episode notes if you're driving uh, or if you've got a, you know, brain that's like meh with retention. <laughs> like mine can be sometimes. It's going to be lots of fun. Um, it's not a bells and whistles, everything forever, six month master minding podcasting for champion. No, no, no. It's for all of you who responded to my post in the Facebook group that said, oh my God, I've been meaning to do that for ages. Can I sign up? And can you give me a kick in the pants to just go get going? Um, This is, as you may notice, if you're a regular listener, a little bit of a shits and giggles approach to podcasting. In fact, this is the third time I've recorded this introduction today because my fancy microphone turned to shit. Uh, yeah. So if you want to know how to go get this done in a way that's useful to people, but doesn't consume your life, um, perhaps you might like to sign up for this training. Most of all, I hope we're going to have fun. So amymcdonald.com.au forward slash podcast 2021. Next week, I'm not making a big deal about it. If you want to get in on it, get in on it. Okay, so back to the fabulous Natalie McNeil, who was such a delightful surprise. Her team reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to talk to Natalie on your podcast? And I thought, okay. Um, And i got to say, what an absolute unexpected delight. I had so much fun with this woman. I wanted to keep her on our Zoom recording all day. Um, inspiring, inspiring woman. So I learned so much from her and I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. Um, you know, one of the things she, she talks about that I really appreciated was, um, like longer term projects and stick with itness, which is not my area of genius. So I was really inspired by her on that front. I also really feel, and I think you'll feel it too, the integrity, which 
that she brings to her business, inspiring. Like, talk, how do you do business as a yogini? And I think, um, you know, Natalie's walking the talk there. And and having the confidence to bring your projects to full fruition, even if they're new, they've never been done before, you're not sure if they're going to work. She also shares some pretty real and potentially triggering about information about, um, you know, what, what are we in this for anyway? And where growth is good and growth is connected to something else and might not actually be in service, which I just found so incredibly refreshing. She shares information about her coaching certification, which I think for any of you who've been thinking about maybe incorporating coaching into your skill set, you might want to go check out Natalie's program because uh, I think it's really, really geared for us and what we're about and the skills that we already have and how we could bring them into that type of helping profession in a, in a way that's um, tied very closely to yoga with things like pranayama, meditation, etc. The links are all in the episode notes to go learn more about Natalie, get a copy of her gorgeous books and maybe even check out her um, Embodiment Coaching Institute. But quickly, uh, Natalie McNeil is the is an Emmy Award winning media entrepreneur, best selling author of six books, and the founder of the Embodiment Coaching Institute. She's been featured essentially everywhere and has been recognised as one of the twenty seven women leaders changing the world. Yeah, I mean seriously. So enjoy this conversation and um, DM me, of course, uh, dear Natalie, why not? And let us know what did you think, what did you love, what did you learn, and what would you like more of. Enjoy. Perfect. Okay. So Natalie, thanks so much for being a guest on the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I don't do guests very often, so I am highly discerning with the people that come along. We always have great quality as a result. Thanks for being here. Wow, that's such an honor. And <laughs> I am grateful that I get to be here. Thanks so much for having me. What people can't, I have to just make a note of this because what people can't obviously uh, see because this is an audio format is that you have some Australian wildflowers in your background right there, I'm noticing. I like to get like really exotic flowers <laughs> from this amazing flower shop in Los Angeles wow. um, and at the local markets. And yes, I try to bring in different different plant species <laughs> I'm liking it I'm feeling I'm feeling a little represented over there oh good Thanks good oh I I love being surrounded by plants it's just something that unlocks so much creativity in my work day you know I find that too I find people who don't have plants in their house something's wrong like, do you ever feel like there's something <laughs> there's, there's a deadness in here like Absolutely. I don't know why you wouldn't have plants in your house. It's strange. Totally agree. Can't trust yes. people that can't keep a house plant. <laughs> now, I have definitely had my share of challenges raising <laughs> raising house plants. However, I love being in relationship with plants, with nature. I love talking to them. I love pouring love into them, and. Really, in my workspace too, I, I need it. So yes, we've got some Australian shrubbery behind me um, for all of you who can't see that. Right. <laughs> for my benefit. Okay, so, let's, so for people who haven't had the good fortune to get to know you yet, um, tell us your version of it. Like give us the right here and now kind of updated present moment bio. 
present moment bio. Yeah. Well, How are you doing in 2020? What are you doing in 2020? <laughs> I am the founder of the Embodiment Coaching Institute, and we have an ICF accredited multi-modality certification that is the only program of its kind in the world. And that has been my sole focus in 2020. I also have a book that came out this year. Interesting time to release a book. This is actually my fifth book. And this has been the most uh, unique launch and different launch (laughs) for a book that I have had through all the adventures and challenges of 2020. But I'm grateful for the, the time that I've got to spend just at the office and with my team creating Mm -hmm. something that felt like a soul calling Mm -hmm. for quite a while for a few years and Mm -hmm. because I wasn't traveling because I didn't end up going on book tour I just got to pour all of my creativity and my love and my time and energy into birthing this institute and getting it all up and running and it's been it's been a blessing you it's know, been I, a blessing to get to do that. Well, I, I, I love that you call it a blessing. I, it strikes me that it, it would have been a hell of a lot of hard work because that's no small thing, that type of accreditation. They're not just, you know, it's not like 200 hours of now you're a yoga teacher. That's You've got to put in work to have that level of um, external recognition for a, for a program like that. So a big congratulations to you. Thank you. We've been working on it for a few years. I bet. And <laughs> it was just this year, everything felt like it got accelerated because uh, my schedule got completely changed. Yeah. And suddenly, yeah. instead of being out in the world and having the kind of like speaking engagements and events and all of those things that would mean that things get created a little bit slower, they were all gone. So it just ended up being a different year than I had planned. And different isn't always a bad thing. There's so many things I want to ask you about, about your um, institute and your program. One of the things that, and this is just purely personal for me, that strikes me in listening to you talk about this is that I, I don't know if I've ever embarked on a project that has, ta- that has taken that amount of time. Like I think that says something about someone's character. It seems how do you stick with it? How, like it seems like there's an endurance that's required to embark on a project that's going to take you a number of years. When it's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's different when you're doing, like if I was taking your training and it took me a few years, that's something else. But when you have to be self-motivated over that, wholly self-motivated over that span of time, what keeps Mm -hmm. you going? My background, my very first business was in the production space. And I think I learned a lot about patience in that space because I do not feel like a patient person. Patience has been a practice for me. And thank God for my yoga practice as well. I feel like that teaches me to let go of control and to be patient. And there's a few parts to this. So in production, we had to always be thinking years ahead for fundraising for the next project. And then it would take multiple years to bring a project to life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes at the beginning of those projects, I would feel this sense of frustration 
that this was going to take multiple years and it's multiple years of doing work that's very behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. And that can be challenging because you want to, like for me, there's a joy in getting it out into the world, in yes. seeing people benefiting from it. But you have to hold that vision in your mind, in your heart, in your beingness, knowing that you're you're working toward it. It's embodying the future here and now. And it was illustrated to me in a really beautiful way on a trip to Italy. And I was in Rome looking up at this building that had taken more than 400 years to complete. Wow. And when the plans for it were first drawn up, the the architect, the artists that were working on it, the, the craftspeople who were working on this building, they knew that it wasn't going to be completed in their lifetime. Yeah, wow. And they were laying the first bricks. They were creating the initial structures, knowing that future generations and lineages of those craftspeople, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. architects, were going to continue what they had started. Mm. And I just remember standing in front of this masterpiece of a building and weeping because I felt like I I got the lesson on such a deep (laughs) level. Like there are things that I'm creating now that will not, I'm planting seeds that will not bear fruit maybe for years, but I'm following the calling of my soul. I'm following what is on my heart and what I intuitively feel is mine to take on right now. Mm -hmm. And that just helped it land for me. And ever since that moment, it's been easier for me to just plant the seeds and then be in the process, like be in that dark, fertile soil, knowing that I'm going to sprout up, knowing that my projects and what I'm creating are going to, to become what they're meant to be in the future. And then other people also get involved and might take them over and you know I want this work to be to be passed on to others as well I want to share everything that I've learned everything that I know and let other people take it and you know have have their unique essence infused into it too so and 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 I very much want to get to know more about the method itself but before we jump to that I'm curious what you would say to people in fact I've just had some coaching sessions this morning with people who are in the fertile soil phase of their project creation but they it might be the first time that they're doing it so they don't have the um they don't have that the the confidence to lean back on a past experience Mm -hmm. so they're very much in the faith realm and oscillating between I got this and what if this doesn't work? What if I'm doing all of this for nothing? What would you say to somebody who's embarking on their own version of a project like that? They're in the fertile creation space, but they might be having doubt about if it's going to work. Mm. Yeah, no matter how much experience you have, there's always things that have the possibility of not turning out the way that you necessarily wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And I hold this this vision as I'm creating something and then I surrender my attachment Mm. 
to the result, knowing that any kind of failure is feedback, any kind of result that isn't the result that I wanted is simply feedback. It's a lesson that gets woven into the the story, into the tapestry that is your story, your career, your business. It's actually really beautiful when you continue to give yourself evidence of that. And this is a, a um, practice that is rooted in neuroscience. It, it's giving yourself evidence of the things that you have done. So if you want to do something, being able to say, okay, well, maybe I haven't done this, but I've done these things. Mm. And you can, you can look to those things that you have done to build up your confidence and to put you into a space of being able to be more resourceful as you move forward. And I do believe that it is all just feedback. And I can look back on the last 15 years of building my business and I can see that I can see now looking back, even though it was hard to be in it at the time, that every single time something didn't go my way, there was always something else there. There was always some type of reason or there was a detour that pointed me towards something that I can see felt like it was more in my highest uh, use and my highest path forward. So it's trusting that when we have an intuitive impulse, we have a divine creative impulse to create. We we can create, and we create because that is our that is our nature. Yeah. And it would be something that you'd probably look back and regret if you didn't move forward with what it was you were being called to and then trust that you may be taken in all sorts of different directions. I mean, my career has taken me from production into embodiment work and meditation and travel and building an online company and working with thousands of women entrepreneurs and leaders. And there's so many moments in my career where it just didn't make sense what was happening. I was like, why am I doing this project? Why did this particular thing fall into my lap? Why did that door open and not this one? And I can look back now and just see the whole arc of it. And I can see the, the divine blueprint in it. And I think it's easier to see that looking back than oh, trying to arguably look ahead. Only possible. Yes, yeah. only possible. Yeah. And then in the present moment, we just have to be surrendered in the present. And it's a it's a balance that takes some practice. Yes. You know, I, with some of my clients, we're studying um, the Ramayana at the moment. And, and what, listening to you describe your business reminds me of that because, you know, suddenly Ram's over here meeting this character that doesn't seem to be related to the plot, but this is interesting. And then it's not until chapters later that, oh, hang on, that's because his daughter and their cousin and it all kind of connects further down the road and the story yes. wouldn't be complete without all of the <laughs> detours and kind of strange, why is this happening situations? And when you're living it, sometimes you're like, what is going on? What is going on? But it, it, it's the contrast that allows us to have so much appreciation, especially for the moments of like joy and fulfillment and achieving something. Like we have to have those contrasting experiences, mm. I think, to come into deeper presence, deeper joy, mm. deeper levels of 
power and yeah, divine design, baby. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I often talk about is how your business actually is your yoga. Like, make no mistake, mm-hmm. you decide to have a business. Welcome to spiritual practice. I'm yes. getting that vibe from you so strongly. I'm, I'm curious to know what you think about that. Is is your business actually being your sadhana, being your practice, that it's not something you do differently? It's all m- mixes in. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. And actually my, my last chapter, the last ritual of my book, The Rituals, ooh, ooh. is the ultimate ritual, which is that you are the ritual. Um, you being here, having this human experience and expressing spirit in a way that is uniquely your own is a miracle to celebrate and honor every day. And the rituals that we practice are ways to honor our existence, experiences, and the cycles that we move through. And I think we have to we have to step out of the rigidity that I think is the conditioning of the world that we live in and society that we live in. And I want to live by what makes me feel alive and live by play. And it took me a long time to come into a place of feeling like, oh, I I am the ritual. And when I create something, that is my offering that I lay on this global altar. That is my my service and my dharma. Mm. And it's a it's a beautiful space to be in. And it took me a long time to get here of knowing that there is only the path. There is only the path. There isn't a place. And I know that it probably sounds so cliche and we've heard it so many times. Like it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And to come into a place of knowing that it's a path, it's an adventure. Life is this grand adventure. And there are moments that, can you know bring us to our knees there are moments that bring us into states of orgasmic bliss there are moments that challenge us and that's why we're here having this human experience and i've studied tantra for a long time and tantra is a path of of totality it's accepting every facet of this multidimensional human experience and the deeper i drop into that mm knowing the easier it is to move through the things that feel hard Mm. on the journey. So I love that you say that, that, you know, your business is a practice. It is, it's, you know, relationships and building a business. I think two of those things are two of the most powerful spiritual (laughs) teachers that we can have. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. All right. So, so hang on. Uh, we, I have got a, I have got a vision of where we're going, but we can't progress without you gratuitously telling us about your book so that everybody can, again, this doesn't translate so well to audio folks. So you'll have to just trust me on this. The book is gorgeous from an aesthetic perspective, but tell us, thank you. What, t- tell us what's it called? Where can we get it? All the things about the book. Mm, amazing. Thank you for asking about it. So it's called The Rituals, Simple Practices to Cultivate Well-Being, Deepen Relationships, and Discover Your True Purpose. 
And there are 36 practices from my adventures around the world (laughs) and different tools, different practices. There are notes about the way that the practices are experienced in different cultures, which I think is a, a beautiful a beautiful reminder. I think it's very important to honor the origins of the rituals and the practices Mm. that we maybe take on in our lives. And then the follow-up to that book is called The Rituals Journal, which is a collection of practices for personal transformation. So through a series of written practices, you can dive into the depths of yourself to see what's waiting to be revealed. And Some of them are short practices, some of them are a little longer, some of them are written practices, some of them are guided, and I am in a space of of really being rooted into my rituals, and we live in a world where there's so much chaos, there's so much noise, and especially beginning of the day and end of the day, I want to make sure that I'm returning home to myself like again and again and again, so that I can really hear my own inner wisdom, which gets so drowned out when we let ourselves get taken by the world. Like if we're up in the morning and we don't have our practice, we're not on the mat, we're not engaged in our rituals, our our yoga, our sadhanas, it's like we just get, we get pulled into everything else. We get pulled into other people's agendas. We get pulled into structures that don't necessarily serve us. So yeah, it's just a way for me to come home again and again. And I love sharing the practices with others as well. And depending on how much time we have, I'm happy to dive in and share some of my favorites. I just got to, I want to ask you that. And, um, Maybe we'll finish on it if we have time. But otherwise, if we don't, folks, go get those resources. A question about them because what you won't know yet, of course, is that everybody, and DM me if this is you, you know it, everybody who listens (laughs) to this podcast is addicted to books. So um, (laughs) I can hear all of the shopping carts filling up right now as we record, which is fantastic. But I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing that the not only would those be great resources in terms of our own practice, but in fact there could be resources in terms of teaching tools because there would be practices in there that we could weave into our retreats, for example, that we could share with our, our students. Yeah, absolutely. My my repertoire, my toolbox of rituals and practices, and even the ones that we have in the transformational embodiment coaching method, we dive so deep. And I believe in building a toolbox, building blueprints, having models that we can weave together to really serve our clients in the best possible way and be able to intuitively feel in the moment, what somebody needs, and then just knowing, having the confidence that we have something to meet every moment. And I feel like no matter what I'm coaching someone through, whether it's something personally, whether I'm guiding a couple through something in their relationship, or whether I'm doing business coaching, which has been the majority of coaching I've done is with small business owners and entrepreneurs, I know that no matter what is coming up, I have 
all the tools and the resources and the models to be able to to meet that person wherever they are. And that's a really beautiful thing. And the rituals are a big part of, I think, people continuing the work, especially. So when we're coaching people or when we're leading yoga classes or private sessions with people, just to be able to give people tools and practices to continue with, to continue to go deeper with, so powerful. I like that. That's that's the kind of homework that I like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so fr- from, from one coach to another, I, I'm wondering if we could change direction a little because uh, I know there's uh, other coaches who, who listen to the podcast and certainly I, I'm aware of people who are interested in perhaps pursuing that line of profession or I know that's why I trained to become a coach was because I was a yoga teacher I was doing retreats things were arising I wanted better skills to be able to hold space in a different way um and and through my journey of now having taken a formal and informal trainings different qualifications etc um <laughs> There's a wide variety of quality when it comes to deciding that you'd like to become a coach. Let's just put it like that. Um, and and it's hard to know. I also, you know, I also think that um, definitely the first couple of trainings that I took did not resonate with me at all. It was completely linear. It was very. Uh, it was totally masculine encoded. It was inflexible. Um, and it wasn't how I wanted to support people and how I wanted to be in service. So I'm really excited if you could tell us more about your method because already I'm getting the sense that it feels as though it's something that actually is um, for humans rather than just ticked boxes, but also has rigor. Tell us more about it. Yeah. So the Embodiment Coaching Institute and the Embodiment Coaching Methodology is a balance of the feminine and masculine, of being and doing, of having structure, but also having a lot of spaciousness in the structure Mm -hmm. for what wants to come through in the moment. Yes. And I think we are, we're coming out of this space now where coaching was rooted, I believe, in very masculine archetypes. Like the first couple coaching trainings that I took, I didn't resonate so much with them. And there was such a focus on mind and mindset. And I knew from studying different modalities, from the yoga retreats that I had been on and and the practice that I had been immersed in, that we are not just the mind yet so much of coaching is just treating on that level. It's like we have our physical layer of being our emotional layer, the energetic layer, the mental layer, the spiritual layer. And I started combining my training in emotional freedom technique, tapping, um, NLP, Tantra, Uh, meditation, I started weaving all of that together with cognitive coaching. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that it was the key to creating lasting transformation with my clients. Yes, nice. And not creating it for them, but co-creating it with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in this methodology, and it does lead to your ICF credential if that's a path that (laughs) if that's a path that you choose to do 
you'll be a credentialed coach at the end, and you will have also done certificates in breathwork for coaches and NLP for coaches and EFT for coaches. So we're teaching you all of these modalities and helping you to weave them into your own style of coaching, because I don't believe in the rigidity of cookie cutter anything. And you get to go through a program and create your own methodology and your own signature offering to bring out into the world. And what I'm finding is that we are working with a lot of yoga teachers and meditation teachers and people who already have experience with embodied living and embodiment practice, and now want to add additional streams of revenue and very lucrative streams of revenue. And that can bring a lot of prosperity because coaching is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And when you have that ICF credential, um, those are through studies shown to be the highest paid coaches mm-hmm. in the industry. So I'm so excited to be to be working in this space. And I just kept asking myself, what is my highest and best use in the world right now? And that's what kept coming up again and again and again. And I believe that this is the future of coaching. And I believe that women, especially women who are awake, women who are already doing their own work and already have these practices, like we are so primed, like we are so ready. We have the experience. We have the ability to hold space in a way that I believe makes us the future leaders of this industry. Yes, please. I like all of that very much. You know, yeah. the, the thing that kept ringing in my ear while you were sharing was all of this talk about high performance, high performance. I was following a coach for a while. I did go uh, over yeah. there, did some seminars, <laughs> high performance. But I just, it actually started to fry me. Like I'm just, I felt so agitated and I don't want high performance. I, I want ease and flow. All of this high performance thing yeah. is just freaking me out. Yeah. When I played that game, <laughs> it just, it it burns me out. And it's not our natural state, especially as women. Like, it's just not the path to fulfillment. Like, I want higher purpose. I want higher fulfillment. I want higher states of aliveness and expression. (laughs) I don't give a damn about high performance, especially at this period Uh, in in my life. Lapping the hell out of everything. What am I daily? What am I? Oh God, I just want to kind of have a nap. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the, it's the rigidity. Like I think this new paradigm, like what I love talking about with this whole methodology and what we're creating, it's, rituals over habits like habits bring you into a space of just being on autopilot and habits have their use i'm not saying that one is like better than the other it's more about bringing things into balance and harmony but like rituals over habits and aliveness over automation i don't want to automate everything in my business i love people i've continued to do one-on-one work even though i haven't i don't have to do one-on-one and i have so many mentors who have been like especially once my business started scaling and once we, i was making over a million dollars a year and coaches and and mentors are like 
you you can't be doing one on one anymore. Like one on one isn't scalable. You shouldn't be doing that. And I I love being in it with somebody because that's also my learning. Like that's where yes, I get to go yeah. to my edges and develop the methodology more deeply. That's why I've never stopped with the one on one. Yeah. And and also I, because it's all just not always about the money. Like the, it's you not just measure. about the money. <laughs> we, we all we love money here. Like money's great. <laughs> and you get to and. do stuff for passion, not just profit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So rituals over habits, aliveness over automation, embodiment over mindset. Like these are some of the things that we're focusing on in this new paradigm of coaching and personal development. Mm. And well, how can we, I want to go and I want to sign up. Well, tell us, the, like, where do we go? <laughs> Folks, it's in the notes, but tell us. Yeah, we'll include some links in. Keeping a, a mental note. Yeah, in the notes. And if you visit us at nataliemacneil.com slash coach certification, you'll get all the details so on good. the program and also the link through to the application. If you are applying to the program, please make sure that you let us know in the notes that Amy McDonald um, sent you <laughs> as well, so that I know that you are a listener of this glorious podcast. I, I'm definitely going to go take a look. I'm wondering, I've, I realize I've got these questions, but much more interesting to just talk to you. You said something that really, I really went, oh, it was a light bulb for me. I have this issue with the word balance. I don't like it. I, I like this the sentiment but in my mind it suggests that in order to have more of one thing you have to have less of something else like it's it, you know it's a, it's a zero sum you used the word harmony just now harmony and I mm -hmm. thought that's what I want because that's yeah. having things all different you don't have to let go of something in order to take something else I thought wow this is what a great that's a much better word than balance and it's, it's different for all of us. Like yes, we get yes. to harmonize everything in our own way. Mm. I remember a concept that I really loved before I, I started shifting into this place of like, how do I harmonize mm. my life, my business? How do, I, how do I bring it all together, weave it all together in a way that feels really delicious to me? Mm -hmm. And... It, it was a concept called, it is a concept called strategic imbalance. And it's a Marcus Buckingham concept. This is rooted in his work. And it's this idea that whenever we try to create balance, we're trying to create these like perfect equilibriums that are actually not the natural state. Like mm -hmm. even if you look at the macrocosm, Things try to get into balance, but it's very much a dance. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect. And when we try to expend energy balancing things, it stresses us out because it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. And the stress ends up causing a lot of um, energetic blocks blocks in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you shift into strategic imbalance, this is the idea that you get to imbalance your life in a way that maximizes your joy. Wow. So if my 
work day, like right now, I have actually a lot of work on my plate and I am loving it. Last year, (laughs) I did not work more than three to four hours a day for the most part. And that was a big part of my personal harmony and my strategic imbalance. I was tilted way more towards travel experience, falling in love, healing, all kinds of things. This year and in this season of my life, working 15 hours a day and not having some of the other things, that is my strategic imbalance. That is harmony to me right now. And it's okay for us to evolve in what that looks like in our lives, in our businesses. And it's all seasonal, just like the cycles of nature, of the universe. Like we get to flow in our own cycles and rhythms and seasons. And I find that that's a very powerful way to work for me, like in my business, in my life. And that's what ultimately gives me that, that sense of harmony. I love it. I'm wondering, um, I know for me, and not that I've perfected it, it's still something that I'm continuing to work on, but it took some time to surrender into that way of working. I had a lot of conditioning around what good work, real work looked like and this idea of what do you mean I could work a couple of hours a day, a couple of days a week, that's lazy. Like all of that stuff took a really long time to wash away did you have similar experience? Have you always oh, yeah. been okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. I think we like how can we not in yeah. the in the societies that we've grown up in and mm. in the ways of doing things that put I think val- more value on hard work, mm. more value on like you, you earn your money and this like exchange of you put in this much and you get this much out, these rigid systems hold us back in a lot of ways. And I've been in a deeper contemplation around capitalism and conscious capitalism yeah. and like what that means to me and what that means to my business and my way of doing things, and more importantly, how I value myself. Because when you live in a hyper-capitalistic society, everything, like your value is in what you produce. Yep. And breaking that mentality and looking at how we have internalized capitalistic structures, that's been a lot of deep work for me. And it, it's allowed me to peel back a lot of layers because we, it, it, like I was in that for a very long time, feeling like what I created in the world or the accomplishments that I had, that's how I felt valued. That's how I felt worthy. If I didn't work hard for something, I didn't feel worthy of having it. I didn't feel deserving of it. And I think it's important to dismantle those kinds of systems and structures in us as we, like everyone listening to this podcast, and I mean, the work that you are doing in the world is so beautiful. We've got to break down those old paradigm structures so that we can really live into the potential of who we are as multidimensional beings. And I think that these systems and structures have especially held back women Mm. and 
have not incorporated our magic and the inner wisdom that we hold and the power that we hold. And I think that's a big part of this stage that we're in, this like stage of evolution that we're in. And I'm grateful that there are women like you doing this work that I can look up to. There's women who are listening to this podcast right now. There's humans listening to this podcast that are part of this evolution. And I think that we we need to be having more of these conversations. We need each other. And I, I just love when I get to connect with people like you. So good. And um, we'll, we'll, in the process of concluding, but it does strike me, of course, I, I've just had before speaking to you today, I was just talking to somebody who um, were exploring if we would be the right fit to work together. And she was talking to me about her business goals. And it's, she was talking about this, this, we're still holding on to this thing, which actually maybe it's one of the final pieces yet to crumble of the consistent 10k month or the consistent like this even though we're so much conversation around flow and cycles and rhythms there's still in the coaching space this kind of like if you can get the same money coming in all the time then you've made it whatever the number is but there's like consistency is still um seen as the the ultimate thing and yeah. i wonder if and we've got to, to me that. if you if you want that for yourself and that is your truth because of what you need for your family to be thriving and when you sit in stillness you create in your in your mind's eye this life that you want to be living and maybe there is a dollar amount attached to that what i don't want you to buy into is this idea that you have to be following somebody else's path. And when I work with clients who come to me and they're like, I need the, I need the six figures. Like I need to do that this year, or it has to be at least a 10 K month. It's like, okay, do you, do you really want that? Like, let's return to what you really want. Or are you just seeing that on Instagram and feeling like it's, it's what you want because it's what somebody else has. And so you've set this as a, as a benchmark for yourself based on somebody else's path or what someone else is telling you to do. And like, what do you really, what do you really want? What would you choose if somebody wasn't interpreting things for you? If someone wasn't telling you how it should be. And that's something I return to again and again, like what, would I choose? How would I choose to see the world if it weren't for the conditioning, if it weren't for how I believe the world wants me to show up as a business owner, as an influencer, as an author, as a woman, as a, you know, insert whatever label it is here. (laughs) How would I choose to see the world? How would I choose to show up in this moment? And I return to that again and again, because I've actually, I've had more money than I have at this moment. Um, I've had less. It's never about the money. It's always what we believe that money will allow us to feel. I remember the first time that I had over a million dollars in my bank account. And I thought that it was going to feel totally different (laughs) than what it actually felt. And it was really interesting, like just to get to see, to get to see that and how it all played out. I'm like, huh, 
like I'm no, I'm no happier. I've had a, a business that's like multi-million dollar business as well, but where I'm not personally mm-hmm. being more rewarded mm-hmm. and receiving more for the work that I'm doing. So I would actually, I've come to the the conclusion that I would rather have a smaller business that has a higher profit margin that gives me more spaciousness where I can like go and stay in, in jungle, jungle like environments feel very spacious and expansive to me. It's like where I tap into a lot of joy. So there are places where I can go and, and be and that don't cost a lot of money. So I'm optimizing for my joy in yes. this period of my life. And I know that you're probably like, okay, well, you know, it must be, it must be nice. Like I've never seen my bank account with more than a million dollars in it. And like, I'm telling you, you don't need to see it. Just <laughs> trust me. Just trust me <laughs> that it's not going to make you happier. You need to think about that, that like amount that you're holding what is it that you believe having that will allow you to yes, feel? Yes, yes, yes. And how can you embody that right here and now? Yeah. How yeah. can you embody anything you desire in your future right here and now in this present moment? Because that is where your fulfillment is. I love that. And I think um, to, to finish us up, I do think it's so important to be um, to, to be surrounded by, have other people who share that belief because we can be sucked up into it, it it can be easy to be tempted away from trusting that and back into the uh commonly held um uh, indicators of success that aren't necessarily anything to do with our own personal values that can be yes. very easy to be pulled back in yes and remember that there are a lot of things that you look upon every day that are just in your, that are in your newsfeed, that are part of the information that you are taking on every day. There are things that you are looking upon and not truly seeing, not seeing the truth of what it actually is. Because I have worked with thousands of business owners and I can tell you that it's not what it looks like <laughs> online. It's not what it looks like. I had a guy come to me last year who was running a $50 million business. And if you heard this in like the show notes of a podcast or something, like so-and-so built his business to $50 million a year, what people start thinking is like, Oh my God, he's like a multimillionaire. But Isn't that hand. cool? Yeah. <laughs> he was only making about $40,000 as a salary. The profit margins Ow. were so low. Ow. He was so stressed out. He was on the brink of a nervous breakdown every single day. It's not what no. it looks like. You can have a six-figure business and 80% of that can be out the door in expenses. Well, that was you me. Can have, that was me for the first couple of years of my business. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. <laughs> like so many investments being made and I'm just sick of people not sharing the whole story. And I, I have the intention of always sharing the whole truth of what's really going on in, in business and the seasons of my business, because, you know, being a millionaire, isn't going to make you happier or more fulfilled. I know that. Um, and why do you really, why do you really want it? And would you take like, one of the things I love talking to business owners about is, would you rather have 
a million dollar business that's like pretty can be pretty stressful you're like running a big team working a lot of hours and you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year or would you have a really would you rather have a really simple two hundred fifty thousand dollar a year business where you're taking a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and you're not working very much like what yeah. are and sometimes it helps to just be able to have those um those comparisons totally yeah and to, it's and not to always what it seems. It yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's a, I know everybody's like, yeah, we know that, but it's always nice when someone else reminds us that it's not. It, life does not look like Instagram. Yeah, but I and, hope it's changed that in time. <laughs> and I only made twelve thousand dollars in my very first year of business, and you stick with it, and yeah. it grows from there, and you keep providing service, and keep coming more and more into alignment and trust that you're going to be given the resources for that. Like your resources will expand in proportion to the mission that you're taking on and the service that you are offering. I like that, and none of it is connected to your self worth, actually. <laughs> none of it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> There's so many paradoxes, right? <laughs> like if we if we could just be more comfortable and just more accepting of all of these wild paradoxes that exist <laughs> in this human experience, that exist in entrepreneurship, that exist in every facet of our reality, we would be so much more at peace. And like, isn't your peace worth more than <laughs> anything else? Like, at this yeah. time in my life, my my peace yeah. is something I really hold on yes. to. Yeah, well, uh, you, you, a lot of things you can buy and some things you can't. Yes. And, and that's one that you can't. Yes. Yeah. And I just can't do my best work in the world yeah. if I'm not in tune with myself and the truth of who I am and feeling fulfilled oh. and, yeah, and feeling at peace at peace with where I'm at, wherever that may be. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to talk with you, Nelly. Thank you for being so inspiring for everybody who's listening. And folks, if you have been thinking about uh, adding coaching um, to your business or if you're thinking to explore that more, whether it's something that you want to fully step into or might just be something that can support you in the work that you're already doing with the modalities you already have, do go click on the link in the episode notes and, and uh, check out the curriculum. It sounds phenomenal. Thank you for being a great guest. Amy, thanks so much for having me and thank you all for listening. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure. Of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.